Hello, and welcome to the Trauma and Mental Health Reports podcast series. We aim to share stories and knowledge on topics related to trauma and mental health with the community. My name is Jasleen, and I'd like to welcome our guests for today's episode, Babette Rothschild and Vanessa Baer. Today, we'll be discussing the topic of trauma and recovery, and both Babette and Vanessa's new book release, Eight Keys to Save Trauma Recovery Workbook. Let's get into today's conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Trauma and Mental Health Report podcast. My name is Jocelyn Guman, and on today's episode, we'll be covering the topic of trauma and recovery. So trauma is defined as an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, or natural disaster, as this definition is described by the American Psychiatric Association. Today, we'll be searching for answers related to trauma and how one can recover, what are some treatment options out there, and what are some resources one should look for. Answers to such can be very useful in aiding recovery. Today, we are honored to have two guests, Babette Rothschild and Vanessa Baer. Both Babette and Vanessa have co-released the Eight Keys to Safe Trauma Recovery Workbook, which complements the Eight Keys to Safe Trauma Recovery Book. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome them both. So hi, Babette and Vanessa. How are you both doing? Hi. Hi, Jessalyn. Thanks so much for inviting us. Awesome. I'm so grateful to have you guys on today's podcast. So let me first start off by asking you both for a brief introduction of yourself. Okay, so I'm Babette Rothschild, and I've um, uh, been a psychotherapist and body psychotherapist since 1976 and licensed in California since 78. I took a nine-year break from practicing in the U.S. to live and practice and train in Denmark. And um, but since uh, 1997, I've made my home in Los Angeles and I'm a um, I've published um, now seven books on trauma and PTSD with W.W. Norton, this most recent book together with Vanessa Baer, um, who's a wonderful co-author partner in this. And um, uh, and then I continue. I I train psychotherapists and give professional consultation worldwide, and have done for 30, 35 years. Awesome! And can we get a little intro for yourself, Vanessa? Yep. Yeah. Hi, I'm a psychotherapeutic counselor. I work with children, adolescents, and adults, and I integrate psychotherapeutic counseling with yoga somatic trauma therapy, uh, creative work, and nature connection. I live in the UK um, and work um, in the around the northwest of the UK in the Lake District. That sounds very, very interesting. So now just a quick background question. How did you two meet and what prompted you both on working on the eight keys to safe trauma recovery workbook together? So we first met when um, I went on one of Babette's trainings, a somatic trauma therapy 12 day training, and then went on um, many of her other trainings actually around, especially around self-care. Um, as, um, and then I asked if she would like an assistant and I applied to be an assistant on her trainings and, and then assisted her in person and on, on the online trainings as well. And continue, um, continues to be one of my favorite assistants. 
not that I should have favorites, but um, uh, and uh, so the training that Ness attended was uh, pre-COVID, a live training in London, and we continue to do our 12-day trainings and three-day trainings in somatic trauma therapy online since COVID, and it works out better for me because I don't have to get on a plane anymore like I was doing for 30 plus years. Um, but anyway, so and um, so I've wanted to write a companion to my eight keys to safe trauma recovery, to write a workbook for it for a long time. And um, I write well theory and cases and those kinds of things, but writing workbooks isn't as much my forte. And so I've been looking for a while for somebody who could partner with me writing um, the workbook companion for Eight Keys to Safe Trauma Recovery. And um, after I got to know Nesmore, I went and took a look at her website and read a couple of articles she had there and looked at some of her artwork. And then we started talking and um, decided it might work out. And the rest is history. That's really great to hear that you guys work so well together and complement each other and came out with this workbook. What prompted you both to work in this specific area of trauma? So got me interested in trauma is what gets most people, most professionals interested in trauma is my own personal experiences with that and family and friends, personal experiences with that and looking for ways to recover and heal myself and looking for ways also to help my friends and family and my clients because I was a psychotherapist, body psychotherapist before I started specializing in trauma. Vanessa, what about yourself? I think the same as Babette with regards to personal and family and friends, but in addition, I used to be a bicycle mechanic and um, lots of people that I used to kind of teach how to fix bikes to had experienced trauma and it came up fixing bikes. I then like used to work in a youth centre where lots of the young people I work with had experienced trauma and I also worked as a primary school teacher and lots of the children in my class had experienced trauma so it felt like it was something that was there whether I was fixing bikes or working in different settings and I wanted to feel more proficient in it and that's why I um, started the training and yeah. That's awesome as well. Very, very interesting how you've described working in different careers and seeing that trauma was a reoccurring careers that you had. So it's very interesting and how that prompted you into working in this specific area. Both of you have done some work in finding solutions to recovery and trauma. So starting off with Babette, I came across your work on the autonomic system regulation, precise regulation. Could you explain this and what this could be used for? Well, it's a little bit difficult to explain on an audio podcast um, because actually what I um, did was um, expand and hopefully improve on um felt that the understanding we've had in the trauma field of um autonomic nervous system hyperarousal dysregulation and such um had a lot of limitations the one that we'd had for decades and so i set out to see if i could expand that and improve on it and over a few years uh played with the old school understanding played with some new school input including um, theory from Stephen Porges, and um, and came up with a 
a six column full color chart um, uh, that seems to be quite useful that we've got translated into more than 22 languages. And um, it's reprinted in full color in um, my books, uh, The Body Remembers Volume 2, Revolutionizing Trauma Treatment, and um, uh, the recent revision of Help for the Helper that uh, is coming out just at the same time as our Eight Keys workbook is coming out. Um, so that's something for a, a longer conversation at some point on a video, um, a video cast, because it's hard to explain without showing the, the table. No problem. I think that short description was very um, insightful and interesting to say the least. Vanessa, I've noticed that you've incorporated art, yoga, mindfulness, play, movement, nature and gesture with neuroscience and trauma and attachment theories and aiding one to recover from trauma. Could you explain why you believe all these interventions work well in practice? Yeah, I guess um, I mean, I found them to be personally useful and uh, useful for my friends and family. Um, and it's something we've incorporated most of those things into the uh, Eight Keys for Safe Trauma Recovery Workbook as well. So um, particularly things like mindfulness that can help us to stay present, help us to assess for safety and danger right now, um, and separate uh, what is a reaction to a memory from the present moment, which can be really, really useful for people that have experienced trauma. Um, and things like building strength and muscular containment and balance can be really, really useful as well. And all of those things, um, yeah, can be can be great. And we've included them in the workbook. Mm -hmm. I guess I use all sorts of other things as well in my practice, things like um, breath breathing sort of techniques for uh, helping uh, people feel calm and in um, developing sensations, sensations of their body and body awareness and um, things like using sound and mantra. I'd like to add on to this and just say that it's important that people listening realize that there's a, a wealth of tools to help people recover from trauma and both that we have to offer in our books and also that other um, writers and, and professionals, practitioners have to offer. But the important thing is to pay attention to that there's no one size fits all. And every individual responds differently to the various um, possibilities. And so it's best to be on the lookout for yourself and for those who you engage to guide you to make sure that um, uh, your individual needs are being um, evaluated, respected, listened to, et cetera, and that nobody's expecting you to fit into a canned program or a, you know, a particular method or intervention because we're all different. And, um, and part of the point of trauma recovery is to empower people to, to know what helps them best. Mm -hmm. Very insightful because not everyone fits the one size fit all and everyone nobody has, does no one does <laughs> exactly and we all have our own treatment plans that work well for us and we need something that works for us so individual therapies and practices whatever works best for you is 
probably right for recovery. And I was about to ask if there's a specific therapy that works best for trauma recovery, but I'm assuming that is very individual based. I would really like to respond to that. It's 100% individual based. Um, in the um, preface to my Body Remembers Volume 2, which is um, has a paper, that's a hardback version. The paperback version is Revolutionizing Trauma Treatment. I have a preface entitled Research Bias and the Evidence Base. And for that um, preface, I found, discovered um, several meta studies. Um, a meta study is a study that looks at a lot of other studies and draws general conclusions. And these meta studies looked at a variety of trauma treatment therapies and uh, how successful they were. And what those meta studies found was that no method stands above any other method. Every, every method helps somebody, no method helps everybody, and no method helps more than 50% of people. So it's really good that there's such a variety of treatment methods out there. And um, hopefully therapists have several in their toolkit to offer their clients so that each one of their clients doesn't only get one treatment plan. Um, and that uh, consumers, the people, the people who are coming to be clients in therapy, are choosing therapists who have a, a variety of options available and who will really individualize to, to what suits them. That makes a lot of sense. Having an individualized plan seems like the way to go when it, for recovery. Um, and do you both believe that it is important to find ways to heal trauma and what implications it can have if left untreated? Um, I guess one of the things I was thinking about this was that um, things about improving people's quality of life. Mm -hmm. So whatever is the best individual way for them to help to, yeah, to help to make their life feel better, to help to them feel more in control. Um, and to help them find a sense of calm and safety and stabilization uh, is really important. And I think that what we must be aware of is that that might not be therapy as it is in the West, or it might look very different for very different people. Yeah. Some, some people heal trauma in their relationships. Some people heal trauma in nature, in, in their spiritual beliefs. There's so it's not just therapy that that heals and helps people recover from trauma. There's there's other ways to do that also. Obviously, we're in the business of of therapy, so we're proponents of it. But we're very aware that there's so many ways um, to heal trauma. So people shouldn't feel like that uh, therapy is their only option. Yeah. Well, have you seen any cases that if left untreated, it can lead to some serious problems or some implications. Um, what's the importance of recovery? It depends on what you mean by untreated and it depends on what you mean by treated. Um, you know, humans have survived adversity and trauma for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years um, and thrived before anything came along, such as psychotherapy and trauma therapy. So I think it's rather arrogant to think that we as psychotherapists and trauma therapists um, have the only solutions to people's 
recovery and um, regaining resilience following trauma because history totally proves that wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think um, um, I know that there are therapists and writers who say that if you don't do this, that, or the other, you'll develop cancer or you'll have this or your life will be horrible or whatever. And I just don't believe it because history proves that wrong. People, um, I, th I think that the trauma therapy field provides additional options, additional tools. Um, but I think we need to be humble and know that, that people did pretty well before we came along. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I think sometimes we have solutions within ourselves to heal and recover. Um, sometimes we might need a little bit of right. guidance from someone who has a little bit more of knowledge within the field and um, can guide us to finding solutions. And a lot of people need a lot of guidance. Some people need medication. Some people need hospitalization. You know, yes. some people need a walk in the woods. Yeah. You know, some people need a best friend or a romantic partner who supports it. You know, it's. It's very individual. Like you. Yes. Yes. So now let's get into this exciting new release, your new workbook that complements eight keys to safe trauma recovery. Do you guys want to give a description about what it's about? Um, so I guess I was thinking about the difference between the original eight keys to safe trauma recovery and the workbook. And the main difference between the workbook and the original is that in the workbook, there are practical exercises and activities. Um, in both books, um, we, uh, well, there's outlined the eight keys that are integral to safe trauma recovery um, to enable people to help them feel safe, stable and in control of their mind, body and life in the aftermath of trauma. They're, they're individual standalone books but they're also companions to each other. So if someone is thinking, oh, I can only afford to get one or my library might only get me one or whatever that is, um, uh, each, each one has its, you know, they follow the same keys and the, the original focuses more on the theory and the workbook fo focuses more on the practical. No, that's beautiful. The fact that you have a tool on hand always and I think a lot of people will appreciate it I wanted to ask uh, when does this book come out and where can one find it um so it comes out in the U.S. and Canada on the 13th of December and in the U.K. on the 13th of January mm -hmm. from most places you can buy books from yeah. Yeah. So, that's very exciting I can't wait to see it on a shelf at like Indigo or Chapters those are our books <laughs> here in Canada but are there any specific exercises this workbook includes and that you think that you can maybe describe here? I was wondering if you wanted me to kind of give you a run through of the different eight keys. Sure. Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. Okay. So uh, in key one uh, is plotting your course with mindfulness. And that includes developing awareness of body sensations, feelings and thoughts. And being able to use these skills to develop a mindful gauge to help people make effective decisions as well as using extraceptors, our five senses, to feel grounded in the present. Key two is called begin with your epilogue, which is an acknowledgement that the trauma is over, 
and that the client has survived. Um, assuming that this is the case, we provide some caveats for those that are still experiencing trauma itself. Key three is remembering is not required. And this focuses on developing safety and stability and helps clients decide if they want to process trauma memories or not. Um, all with the knowledge that if they don't want to, they don't have to. Key four is about stopping flashbacks because uh, flashbacks um, are a common symptom and one that has a really strong negative effect on quality of life. Um, and this key focus is purely on practical ways to stop flashbacks. Key 5A is forgive your limitations and 5B, share your shame. 5A explores the limitations that people have during a traumatic event and 5B aims to help them resolve any feelings of shame. Key six is called take smaller steps for bigger leaps. And this goes back to our feeling that safety is paramount. And this key is all about going slow and steady and avoiding re-traumatization. Key seven is called get moving. And it's an antidote to the freeze response, giving practical exercises to getting up and about, dissipating stress and increasing containment, control and muscle tone. And key eight is called making lemonade which is all about finding meaning in the experience and turning adversity into advantage. That's beautiful, especially like the last part, making lemonade. I love how you both came up with a breakdown of eight keys and great ways to, for people to like go step by step and take it slow in rec their recovery. So lastly, would you give anyone advice on dealing with trauma and learning how to cope with it? Um, so I guess I was thinking about building a foundation of stability, um, which also includes the ability to distinguish the past from the present mm -hmm. and to be able to notice what feels safe and what doesn't. And one of the big things that we encourage in the book is for people to be picky, to really notice, to take time to notice what works for them, to make it a really individualized approach. Um, we tell the story of Goldilocks, if you know the story of Goldilocks, yes, yes. Bears, mm -hmm. who knows just what's just right for her. You know, she has the porridge, oh, it's too cold. And then she has the other porridge, oh, it's too hot. Yeah. And then she has the third porridge and it's just That's right. An amazing analogy. I didn't even think of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we really encourage people to, um, yeah, that finding out what's just right for them. That's really right. important. Act like and I, I'd like to add that um, it's very important for people who've experienced trauma and are reading and watching things on TV and listening to their friends and families and whatever, um, that it is not correct that one has to review, process, go over repeatedly their memories of trauma to be able to recover from trauma. It's just not true. and the vast majority of population never goes to therapy for trauma and um, uh, and doesn't do that, doesn't, you know, nitpick, remember their trauma memories. Don't get me wrong. Some people benefit very much from that, but some people don't. And a lot of people don't want to. And either they don't go to therapy because they think they're going to be forced to. And in some therapies, they do force. In some organizations, they do force. And just know that uh, you absolutely can recover from trauma without um, uh, without having to remember uh, and go over and um, 
uh, review your whatever the horrible things it was that happened to you. Great advice overall on how to deal with trauma and learning how to cope with it. Um, thank you both so, so much for coming on the Trauma and Mental Health Report podcast. We're also excited for your new release and we hope you both nothing but success. And thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. We would like you guys to check out their Instagram at Wild and Wellbeing, their Facebook page, Somatic Trauma Therapy, and their website, trauma.cc. Now, thank you, everyone, and we hope you guys have a great day. Tune in again for our next podcast. You've reached the end of this episode with the Trauma and Mental Health Report podcast. Thank you for joining us. Connect with us at trauma.blog.yorku.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and newsletter to see our latest content. See you at the next episode.